Good morning, good morning, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Rug Detective Show. Welcome to the Rug Detective Show. So basically, um, taking you here in Europe at the moment. Time now is 8.45 in the morning, so we're gonna get straight to it. So if you haven't, please do not be afraid to like, subscribe, and follow. We're obviously building out this whole uh, community. We're building out this channel. Our ultimate aim is obviously to reach and provide you with enough value as possible to be able to make the right decisions in the marketplace. So we've we'll obviously created a YouTube channel, as you can see here, just started um, a few few days ago, but obviously we're now starting to build up the momentum. So basically, let's get straight to it. First and foremost, um, what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at BTC. So as we do, we're going to look at the technical aspects, the fundamental aspects of BTC and ETH, and then we'll go into <clears throat> a few different projects to do some rug detective checklist audits um, to go through and, and, and show you the decisions that you have to go through as an investor, as a trader before you decide to buy. So we're gonna obviously work you through that whole process. So let's just get to BTC at the moment. So as you can basically see, um, as touched on yesterday, the market has continued to move higher we can clearly see this is a daily time frame of BTC. It's been a huge amount of momentum. When it actually stalled out and tested the previous resistance point around the 19, 20,000 level, it's, called, it's just huge um, buying momentum is taking place. This is from institutional buyers. This is from when PayPal came out, Jack Dorsey and said that, you know, they made a huge investment into BTC. This is from, sorry, Jack Dorsey from, from Square. This is from PayPal, I said they're integrating BTC within their payment system. So obviously there's a huge amount of demand that's moving from the retail that was literally occurring here with this whole momentum that was taking place in 2017, around this time. And now we're starting to see the institutional buyers coming into the space. We're seeing the governments looking to back it and trying to take positions in BTC. So the only movement is up. I did um, allude to the fact yesterday that although there are no upside targets, what we will be seeing is that sooner or later that the price is actually overbought. We've got RSIs above 84 at the moment. We've got uh, stochastic RSI above, what is this, above 99. Uh, and then we've got obviously on the, the RSI stochastics, we've got potential bearish divergence taking place, which means that the momentum short term to the upside looking would actually seems to find a ceiling and I mentioned that we're looking at probably the, the 30,000 level before we get like a retracement. Retracements could occur potentially to if I do an upward trend line here what I essentially did is I took it from a so let's just take this one I had two trend lines in place now, so I've basically got one here that's going all the way across here. Just make sure this is a clean trend line. So this is more of a, a less steeper trend line here going down, and this support levels around the previous, the breakout at 20,000. Then you've got more of a steeper trend line, upward trend line from higher lows. Uh, this is going up, so you've got to see around end of January, we're looking at about 23, 24. I do see a price to hold probably around 30, 35, and then a retracement back down to you know the 22, 23 levels, or it could even maybe 
test could even potentially test the previous high before a continued strong move to the upside towards the end of the year. So anyway, this is my, my viewpoint. Let's take a look at ETH as we do. So ETH dollar, where we with ETH dollar, so this is on the daily time frame. As I touched on, it's still 50% from the previous highs. It's clearly undervalued here in the price point. It's previous highs, all time high was 1400. Um, it basically tested around 750, so about 50% off the all time highs. Um, the next milestone for the resistance would be around 820 level. So we're still probably about 90 bucks, $90 away from that. We are seeing some slight, um, let's say accumulation in terms of the last three bars, if you just zoom out here, is trading in a, in a small range. If you go into a smaller time frame, you can see exactly what's happening here. So you can see here that it's range bound trading for the last three days. So we should see a look at this 839 levels of test. If you go to a larger time frame on a daily, you can see that the RSI is actually overbought at the moment. Um, but what's interesting, it was overbought, but it's actually now starting to move lower down. So there's a bearish divergence that's actually in place. And then you also have the same bearish divergence on a on, a, on the RSI here. So you can see that smart money may be looking at covering, topping out here at these levels, could, could potentially push another $90, but we should see a move lower. And, and sometimes it's good in the movement of the price that for prices to move lower, to take out some of the, um, let's say the profits that people have made and then to start the momentum again. So that's where we are in terms of the um, horizon from the short term and, and mid uh, term for ETH and BTC. Uh, let's move on now to some fundamental news. Fundamental news, we love the fundamental news. <laughs> um, so let's go to it here. We've got basically an update that there's been huge outflows of BTC from from Coinbase as it continues and price approaches uh, the 30,000. So as you can see here, BTC continues new to scale new heights, hitting all-time high, as we mentioned, and activities pointing towards a sustained bull run ahead. The recent price surge to 30,000 comes on the backdrop of heavy buying happening on Coinbase over the last 48 hours. Um, so they're seen as massive uh, BTC outflows registered on their platform and exchange in the last two days. Um, CryptoQuant CEO basically mentioned that over 12,000 BTC has moved out of the exchange to multiple cold wallets. So what you tend to find is that if people are holding their positions um, on an exchange, it basically tells you that they'll be looking to, you know, short-term uh, plays that they're looking to make. But if they're actually moving it out into cold wallets, so um, for custody, this basically means that they're not looking to touch it. They're looking at a long-term horizon, so more of a momentum play, you know, holding these positions for you know, months to years, uh, potentially. These are, could be for pension funds. This could be for hedge funds. These could be for governments that are looking to get involved, institutionals. 
and there's huge facilitation of big OTC. So this is over-the-counter deals that's taking place here. So it just shows you that long-term momentum is to the upside, as I as I alluded to the fact. Um, but short-term, we should see a, a slight pullback in the price. Then it's saying that uh, people are depositing stablecoins to exchanges. Stablecoins addresses count and um, the hash transactions count inflow is occurring. So it's good to see the barometer of what's taking place in terms of the exchanges, where the money's moving, where it's being held as a sign if it's moving to the cold storage, cold wallets, people are looking from the long-term horizon of this play, which is extremely important. Then, then they said that this is from Joseph Young basically said that I expect BTC to reach 30k and uh, the same way it did when the first near 20. I generally don't think it will break on first try. There are fat sell walls on, on Binance and Bitfinex. So as you can see, there's sell orders on these major exchanges at this, let's say, psychological level of 30k. So that's something to be aware of. So still some investors possibly high network clearly don't care. So that's just something to take a look at. Then if we look at some more news, uh, I really covered a little bit about this yesterday, just in terms of the ETFs, ETFs exchange traded funds. Um, we've seen huge pushback from the SEC, Security Exchange Commission, regarding approving any ETFs um, due to the, uh, the nature, the negative nature, the hawkish nature of the previous chairman, Jay Clayton, that wasn't really a, a proponent of this space. But now we're seeing that he's obviously now left his tenures over. Uh, he stepped down uh, obviously officially last week. When was this dated? So this is 30th December. So this is like just before Christmas. And um, ultimately there's a new chairman that will be coming, taking his place. And he is obviously a positive proponent of, of this whole crypto uh, area. So this is... Bullish for the marketplace, bullish for ET for ETF, bullish for the whole space in general. Something to be aware of. So um, he's basically mentioned here that as uh, 2020 draws to a close, one of the prime proponents of the exchange traded funds, and Van Eck has submitted an application. So this is be the first entity to um, since. Um, the stepping down of the, the chairman to be able to submit in what's called a Van Eck Bitcoin Trust. So ETFs seen as advantageous because it trades on the stock market as much the same way as shares in popular companies such as Apple and Microsoft. So these are some of the areas to look at. So looking at what their, let's say, collaboration is and why they believe it's extremely important. Um, as it has improved its application, Van Eck said that ETF would trade on the CBO CBOE, BZX exchange. So far, it sees considered many applications for uh, Bitcoin ETFs and rejected them all. So obviously, it's been nine such proposals on the same day. It's funny. So anyway, let, let's just keep an eye on that to see how that transpires and moves forward, as they say. So let's crack on, crack on, crack on. Let's look at some ETF news. We're seeing ETF news number of addresses holding ETF reaches a new all-time high at the end of 2020. So these are the people that are actually holding ETH, Ethereum wallets. It's actually reached an all-time high. So just be aware, even though the price hasn't uh, reached an all-time high, we're still just below. It shows that the current holders, 
have actually reached all-time highs. So this is positive for a long-term aspect of what we should see regarding ETH. And then per figures of data from Glassnode, there are now 51, so just shy of 52 million addresses holding um, the, the ETH. And it's climbing as, we, as I speak. And as we watch, <laughs> uh, the number significant. It's considering that there were only 34.7 million addresses with ETH at the start of the year. So in 2020, in January, there's only 34. Now there's 51. So there's a 48% move uh, just showing what's actually happening in the space. Uh, and this is positive because it shows that more people are showing signs of interest, more people open the wallets. Doesn't necessarily mean that these wallets are actually traded upon or actually have any amount of ETH. It could be, you know, only have like 10 $10, there could be millions. So it doesn't actually break down the actual transactions of that. So it'd be good to know more um, in terms of that regarding. But what they're saying is that it's reported, it's bullish, it's going to fuel the growth, especially with um, the ETH 2.0. We're going to see an interesting space this year, what's happening. So that's where we are with that. We've got the billionaire Winklevoss brothers who basically are now stating that ETH is easily most underpriced crypto. So what you might start to see is that, although we're seeing BTC really moving to the upside, uh, strong volume here, what you might start to see that there might be, the price might find the high, it might retrace slightly, and then people might start to diversify and start moving some of the assets to ETH because of the, the undervalue, underpriced nature of where we are today. So this is something to be aware of. Then, um, so they basically mentioned, emphasize that Ethereum is 50% away from its all-time high, as I alluded. A comparison to the BTC, which has already surged nearly 50% from its previous high. So they're saying that ETH remains optimistic. There are several key reasons to be optimistic. And they, so analysts at Santiment mentioned that, so ETH crossing 750 for the first time in 31 months, discovered that 39 more Ethereum addresses holding, this is good, so this is what I alluded to, 39 more Ethereum addresses holding plus circa 10,000 ETH compared to just two months ago. So meaning the amount of addresses holding one to 10,000 ETH has shrunk over the time. So actually there's been an upsided increase of the of the addresses holding more than 10,000 ETH. Um, and and the ones that are holding, addresses holding sub 10,000 have actually decreased. So that's showing another sign that's showing that institutional buyers um, uh, high net worth individuals are looking to start holding ETH and BTC, which is interesting. So anyway, so that's where we are regarding that. So now let's move on to some due diligence of the rug detectives. So yesterday I pinpointed to a project, unfortunate scam that took place with a project called G Farm. And what happened was uh, the G Farm dev came out in Telegram um, in their group chat and basically mentioned and said the following a white hacker has found a critical bug putting all the LPs at risk um, I have verified everything and the bug is real it concerns the trading platform and can be solved pretty fast then he said 
I currently have no way to update the smart contract so we must start again with brand new smart contract and a brand new token. If I hadn't tell you or told you this, you would have lost everything to, due to the attack. Um, sorry for the situation, I found no other way to it. Then he continued further and said, I sold 25% of the dev fund to, the, to have a budget for the V2, which is version two, basically saying that uh, once the smart contract was created, they had a dev fund, dev fund had a certain amount of capital in it, and basically um, sold out 25% to use this for the V2 version, so the second version that they're looking to come out with, and more explanations in the post. So my response to that was, so dev sold 25% the price dumped. Why didn't he actually move all of the liquidity um, over to the new smart contract, create a new smart contract, move the liquidity over, then resolve the bug uh, or fork that specific contract, resolve all of the issues, and then give an airdrop to new code tokens. So that would essentially mean that builds the trust. When you immediately then sell on a dev fund, this is effect effectively what happens to the price. So as you can clearly see, when it happens, happened at this level, it's huge movement to the downside because fear obviously that happens in, in, the, in the marketplace. And ultimately the question in addition to that was, if you're going to close out 20%, why don't you just do the whole thing essentially? Because that means you would have had more um, funds available for the next or you could have just basically just moved liquidity over so it, it was a rash decision um, from the dev then following that the dev provided an update I actually have the specific smart contract so you can be able to view that this is a smart contract here basically moved out 25% into ETH as you can clearly see here and then had the remaining 75% still within GFARM but that obviously hugely depreciated in value from when it was closed out around the $6 around that level. Um, and then basically still has that active position, which is more or less not worth anything now. Four cents, basically. So it just shows you how far that has actually moved lower. And then there was a further update from the dev basically said that, I'm sorry, I genuinely put all my heart in this project. A white hack has shown showed me all, um, how all LPs were at risk and the attack had already begun. And he basically gave him 5K bounty because he deserved it and essentially saved a 1 million in LPs. So if you see the current liquidity, uh, that's, that's more or less crashed, essentially. <laughs> so more or less saying he saved, but you know, at the end of the day now, it's what's the trust? So continued and said I could have sold more than 200k of the dev fund but sold 25% because I don't want to impact price more than 5% but nevertheless price moved down there's a huge impact I don't know what to say website will stay for a few days so everyone can unstake and sell I warned you um, and may this idea revive with another continuation said project because this is sincerely the future of DeFi I'm deleting all social medias because there's no point now so obviously this is showing signs of frustration. Um, then my response was, this seems like there will be no V2, version two, sad. 
but then on the telegram chat basically mentioned they created a new group chat and mentioned that they'll be he'll be working on a new one if that's the case who knows if there's going to be even confidence in this that's another question but this is how uh, the space is at the moment and something to be aware of i do implore people to keep an eye out on the actual eth wallet to see whether number one uh, a v2 version will be deployed and number two whether he's list um, gonna actually then create a, an airdrop if not is it going to be a pre-sale so it'd be just interesting to know whether he, he keeps to his word or not so that's that and then number two and also if you take a look at that it's extremely important to keep aligned with the rug detective checklist yes in this scenario you may have been involved in that position and you may say oh well how did how would this have helped well the key is obviously diversification which is extremely important so you can have a checklist you can go through the whole process from the website from telegram from discord understand the product is there a product or not whether it's a pre-sale understand the liquidity a lot and then going from there moving forward on the other side if you see that the team dev and marketing tokens were actually locked there's no way that the dev would have actually had the opportunity of selling 25 percent which would have meant that um he said that it was from uh, another entity that actually told him about this but there would have been a way that you can be able to move that liquidity over so Anyway, that's a harsh lesson to learn for everyone. And it's all about education and be able to onwards and upwards and moving forward. So anyway, I'll be releasing this uh, checklist very soon. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, keep me updated. Do not be afraid to like, subscribe and comment. We also have here, so this is a channel here. And then if you would like to provide your support you can be able to do that via this information and I will see you soon.